0: Okay, people, fantasy draft season is over and you brewski 150 your way to a hell of a team. The season is here and the fantasy pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 a month. And now that we're into the regular season, there's zero commitment. Sign up for one month for just five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you'll love it. You'll say you'll keep it. But, anyways, it's nice to have options in life. The Fantasy Pass has everything you need to dominate all year long updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule, and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the Hoop Ball Discord server, where you can hang out with all our Hoop Ball pros, including myself, around the clock to get one-on-one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall and get the plug for your success for the fantasy basketball season. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Lays it in to Trey, two seconds wide, Trey slaughter. good! With one, and the Hawks are going to win this game! Shot clock at five, it's poked away, and comes up with it, and stops it! Came up shy, another ball, Collins up high! Picked up by Tatum, slaps it, can't get it, Kevin lets it fly, swish! Oh my goodness! Yes! And welcome back to Hoopball Hawks, the show here on the Hoopball Network that is taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm recording this on Wednesday, April 7th, after the Hawks dropped their first home game in nearly two months with their last loss at the State Farm Arena coming on February 13th to the Indiana Pacers, Hawks' seven-game home winning streak and their former current four-game winning streak comes to an end tonight on the second night of a back-to-back with several players out, including John Collins, Danilo Gallinari, Clint Capella, along with our usual suspects of Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and Chris Dunn. But in my opinion, this loss tonight it was purely arbitrary And I'm just going to focus on the positives from tonight's game and the positives from the 4-2 stretch that the Hawks are currently in since we have last recorded. And we're going to cover all of this after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm gonna plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100% just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this is your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments so you want a chance at free cash money, then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future, like I said earlier, free ban, free ban. All right, and we are back. I'm going to talk about the last six games. After the thumping up into my high city, The Hawks lost a close one in Phoenix that was, in my opinion, and it was pretty evident for everyone who watched, it was a couple possessions down the stretch that cost him that Phoenix Suns game, who is right now currently playing on ESPN against the Utah Jazz, and they're the number two seed in the West. And to lose to the two seed in the West by seven points and arguably could have won that game if a couple possessions went different for the Hawks, And they executed defensively. They couldn't get a stop defensively that game. Let's just call it what it is. And then turnovers late in the game caused them to lose that game. But a few changes here and there and they could have came out on top out in the Valley of the Sun. And that was the last game of the month of March. But the Hawks will enter April as no fools and no jokes as they started the month of April with a double overtime thriller in San Antonio to get revenge on the Spurs. Even though they lost John Collins that game, and he hasn't played a game since with an ankle, they will go on after that to blow out my New Orleans Pelicans, which I ain't mad at that at all. I have no beef because the Pelicans are rebuilding, and the Hawks are, I mean, when you look at the Spurs game, when you look at the game against the Pelicans, you look at the rosters, and when you take out the top players for each of the teams, this shows that all the moves that the Hawks made this offseason were worth it, were intentional. And I tweeted this because our bench now, and we're not even fully healthy right now, is just a, such a luxury to have. And it will be a great luxury to have as you know the Hawks finish out the stretch Going into the playoffs and when they get into the playoffs, when they have all these veterans, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but the Pelicans game and the Spurs game were the the three games that I said, wow, outside of Trey, John Collins, and even Capella, our roster is just so much better than San Antonio's, so much better than New Orleans, so much better than the Golden State Warriors, who we ended up beating and we ended up sweeping them for the season series, and the Warriors had a healthy Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Even though they were both coming off of injury, to beat them both here in Atlanta was was just great for this team, and that would be their four-game winning streak before losing tonight to the Memphis Grizzlies, and as negative as the Grizzlies game was, and no doubt about it, it was a negative The team definitely started off hot, but back-to-back, you had Gallinari and Capella, who played the night before, both out, so younger players who are not used to playing large minutes had to step up, and it was tough sledding. Hawks started off fast and crashed in the third quarter, which led to the Grizzlies just blowing us out down the stretch, but... Instead of harping on the negatives, I'm going to look at the positives. Bogdanovich. I'm so happy that Bogey is finally healthy. He's continuing to get healthier and healthier, and he's rounding into form. Over the last six games, Bogdan Bogdanovich has averaged 21.8 points per game, shooting 52% from the field, 56.5% from three-point range. And he has been what the Hawks were wanting out of him when they obviously signed him in the offseason and what they are needing him to be. And I know a lot of people were like, is it worth giving him the money that we gave him? Cause, and, I, and it was a great question to ask for some people, especially when you haven't seen him on the court, he wasn't available. Naturally people are going to say, was he worth it? And I think he will be worth it because he can create for others. He can create his own shot and that is something that is needed alongside of Trey Young. And even if you don't put him in a starting lineup, if you have him coming off the bench, having that scoring prowess off the bench. I mean, like I said, he can create for others. He can create his own shot. Having that off the bench alongside of Lou Will, who I'll talk about in a minute, who is also running in the form, learning his teammates. I mean, he's a vet. He's going to come in. He's going to play his game. But he's learning you know, the other players on his roster's tendencies after coming from the Clippers, You, you're, it's going to take time. You're going to have to build continuity. You're going to have to get comfortable in a system, in a new place, even though Lou Will is home. Bogey had to do that after starting off, you know, had some good games, had some shaky games to start off the year. Then he got hurt, was out for a while, and now he's coming back off of that knee injury. And he's just continuing to get better and better. And if you can have three players, Bogey, Gallo, Lou Will, who can get you 20 points off the bench, that is going to pay dividends later on for the Hawks. And talking about, as I mentioned, Lou Will already, the veterans on this team, Gallinari, Clint Capella, Tony Snell, who's leading the NBA in three-point shooting percentage right now, Solomon Hill, and Lou Will, who I mentioned, they have all been key for the Hawks in these last few games and are showing that, as I said before, the Hawks did everything right this offseason. And even though they signed Rondo originally and then they flipped Rondo for Lou Will, every move that they have made, can I say and I say that Lou Will move is an extension of the offseason, even though it was a midseason trade. Everything that the Hawks did was spot on. And what this team needed at this point in time, we needed vets. We needed people who can contribute. We need people who have been in playoff games. Gallinari's been in playoff games. Capella has. Snell has. Solomon Hill. Lou Will. All of them have experience, and all of them know their roles on this team and can fill them up. I mean, look at Capella. No one expected Capella to to be the force that he is. The guy who is getting 20 plus points in the post and grabbing 13 14 15 plus rebounds no one expected that from him Solomon Hill we knew he was a three and D guy but his production was lacking in New Orleans in Miami no one expected him to come in to be the leader and to be you know a spark off the bench that he has been in key moments this year Lou will is Lou will he speaks for himself six man. Lou ain't got to say much about him. Tony Snell, a lot of people made fun of him for the game where he played 28 minutes and didn't record a single stat, leading the NBA in three-point shooting. His three-point shooting off the bench, whether he starts or come off the or, or like I said, coming off the bench, has been vital for this Hawks team. He's provided sparks in moments and games where the Hawks have been down or the Hawks have a lead, and he helps continue to push the lead out because of his three-point shooting. Gallinari has games where he can go off for 30-plus. But we'll take the 14, 15, 18 points off the bench, shooting threes, creating for others, and obviously shooting a high clip at the free throw line. The vets that the Hawks have have put them in position to get to the playoffs and we're not we're not even full strength right now. We still are missing, as I said, John Collins is out right now, he'll be back soon. DeAndre Hunter, who was playing great before he got hurt. Cam Reddish, who will have to come in and figure it out. I'm gonna talk about Cam Reddish a little bit later. Chris Dunn, who hasn't even debuted for the Hawks yet. The possibilities are endless for this team. Not saying championship run, of course not, because Brooklyn is really good, Milwaukee's really good, and Philly's really good. That that penthouse of the Eastern Conference, which I'll talk about a little bit later, is tough. But the fact that the Hawks are where they are in the standings at 5th after tonight's loss is all because of the moves that the Hawks made. That includes, obviously, letting Lloyd Pierce go, the moves in the offseason, and just the continued growth maturation And continued building of trust with the team that is on the court right now. And obviously with Nate McMillan at the helm. It's all slowly coming together. And it's going to be good nights. It's going to be bad nights like tonight. But it's all heading in the right direction. And I want to talk about Oyeko Okongo real quick. Because I know last episode I talked about how there was so much chatter on Twitter about how he's a bust. We shouldn't have got him. And people were making knee-jerk reactions because... We are playing Tyrese Halliburton, who's in the conversation of rookie of the year, and rightfully so. He's having having a wonderful year out in Sacramento. But when you get the minutes that he gets, you're going to have a good year, especially with how that organization is. No disrespect to the Sacramento Kings and those supporters. But Oyeko Okungu, he's growing in confidence and aggression game by game. He's learning on the fly. And... He started his season mid-January, so he didn't start in training camp like others, even though it was abbreviated. He wasn't there for the tip-off of the NBA season. He started mid-January, and he's finally starting to hit his stride as he is continuing to improve game in, game out, and tonight had a career high in points, minutes, and rebounds with Capella out and had his first career double-double, scoring 13 points and 11 boards. Obviously, in a losing effort, and we still needed more on the glass from Oyeko Okongu and Nathan Knight, who has been terrific. So, I really think, and I tweeted this out the young front court for the Hawks has a really bright future. They're going to have to grow up fast. They're going to be thrown into the fire pretty quickly in this stretch as they're trying to make a playoff run here in Atlanta. They're going to be thrown into the fire quickly quickly. But that experience will be invaluable. And they're going to have a offseason. They're have probably a regular NBA season next year, a full training camp. They're going to continue to grow and learn and mature. I'm not worried about them. And for people calling Okongu a bust early on in the season, shame on you. Shame on you. He's a 19, 20-year-old kid, two years removed from high school ball. And he still has to Broke up, <laughs> handle the physicality of playing in a post here in the NBA. And I'm really excited for what Oyeko Okonwu can bring. He already has the footwork. He's not afraid on defense. He's shown some aggression. He just needs to grow in confidence, grow in a stature as far as physically uh, filling out his body. And continuing to learn the NBA game. I'm really high on that Yeko Okongu, and I just want him to, to continue to hear the chatter, but use that as fuel to go out and play your game and continue to just get better and better each night. So what I want to see from the Hawks going forward, a healthy roster. That's what everybody wants to see. Hunter coming back. Collins coming back. Dunn coming back. Reddish coming back. I know the, the three I mentioned, Hunter, Collins, and Dunn, They're going to be back soon. Reddish, he's progressing in his rehab. That's great. We have some bumps and bruises. Trey has been dealing with some ailments but continuing to play. Capella and Gallo, obviously both out. But words of one of my favorite animes of all time, Dragon Ball Z, you fool. This isn't even my final form. We are not at our final form here in Atlanta. Okay. And as we get healthier... It's going to go to my next point from what we need from this Hawks team, continuing to build continuity, which the West Coast trip, being away from home, traveling, being in a hotel room, I said that that trip was going to either bring this team together or they were going to struggle and it was going to pull that team apart and make it harder for Nate McMillan. Going 500 on that road trip was a win in my book. That's a win, especially – When you play both the L.A. teams, and I don't care who was available, you play the Nuggets, you play the Suns, the Warriors, the Kings who were hot when we played them, the Spurs who dumped us here in Atlanta earlier in the year, and the Pelicans can give you a tough matchup depending on, obviously, the night. And obviously when you got Zion, you got B.I., Zoe, you never know what you're going to get from that team. So to go 500 in that West Coast road trip, was great and what i'm seeing from this team even with those tough losses and those grinded out wins on that trip it's evident that this team is getting a feel for one another they're learning to trust one another they trust their head coach and nate mcmillan they're learning what everyone can do and people have to continue to learn you know like i said this the saying you get in where you fit in people are still learning that Like Kevin Herter, who we've seen good things from this year. We've seen really good games from Kevin Herter. And we know he can have big games, but has to be aggressive every time he steps on the floor. That means getting to the cup. That means shooting the mid-range jumper. Creating for others. And shooting threes. Just continuing to be ready no matter what your role is. Kim Reddish will have to do that same thing when he comes back. Be aggressive. Get to the cup. Get to the free throw line. Kevin Herter as well. Get to the free throw line. Shoot the mid range jumper. Create for others. Play with intensity on the defensive end and just be ready. Both of those players, out of when you look at everybody on the roster, those are the two, as far as what I said about being ready and being aggressive. Those two, no matter where they are in your lineup, have to do that every single game and that's what i need to see from them going forward because it's an evaluation period as i said before of this roster after the soft season the hawks are going to make moves of who fits with who who fits with trey what we're going to do with john collins and obviously it depends on the success or lack thereof of what happens the rest of the way and obviously if we make the playoffs but Those are decisions that are going to have to be made, and this is an audition. Kevin Herter is auditioning. He's winning because he's available. Cam Reddish has to be available and has to put something on film heading into this offseason. And another thing that I want to see the Hawks continue to to improve on is the defensive end. Guarding the three-point line, rebounding outside of Capella and Collins. They have to rebound as a team. DeAndre Hunter is a really good rebounder. Cam Reddish is a really good rebounder. We're going to need them back. But it's going to have to be a team effort rebounding. And just continuing to bring consistent energy and effort night in, night out. No matter if it's the back half of a back-to-back, like tonight, you're going to have to bring it every single night. With the Hawks being a playoff seed right now in the East, everyone's going to be gunning for them because... They're going to try to figure out, is this team for real? And we're going from the hunters to being the hunted pretty quickly. And we're going to have to bring that same energy night in, night out to get ready to go to work and to get ready to do battle because they're coming for us and we got to come for them. And my last thing for this Hawks team that I want to see going forward, don't focus on the standings. Don't focus on the referees. Don't focus on the press. Don't listen to me at Hootball Hawks. But certainly tell everybody about Hootball Hawks. And I know it's a great program. Not as consistent as I'd like to have it. But life happens. We're busy. But love you guys. Just want to throw that out there. But Hawks, do not listen to the press. Focus on each other. Focus on the team. Focus on what you must do every game, every practice, film session, training session they must focus on the task at hand and as me being an LSU fan LSU's national championship run in football different sport but the message is applicable for this Hawks team that message for that team that year at LSU under Coach O with all that talent block out the noise LSU knew there was going to be a lot of chatter about this team they knew what they had in this team going into the year Coach O said hey They're going to say this. They're going to say that. They're going to try to break this team up. They're going to try to create headlines to, you know, cause a stir in the locker room. All we got to do is block out the noise and focus on the task at hand. For the Hawks, they know that they have the reigning Eastern Conference Coach of the Month in Nate McMillan. By the way, congrats to Nate McMillan. Well deserved. You have been great since you've been at the helm of this Hawks team. And I look forward to the Hawks naming you as the head coach. Getting a great offensive mind next to you and seeing what we can do here in Atlanta as a franchise going forward with the pieces that we have. But I digress. We know that the Hawks are currently 15 and 6 under Nick McMillan. We know that confidence is high. There's good vibes going around. We know that we don't have everybody back, but we're still playing good. We're still where we are in the standings. But Nights like tonight are still going to happen. You're still going to have poor performances. And I said this on Twitter. Disappointed by the effort and the performance tonight. Not upset. Like I said, it's a back-to-back. People out. And I expect the Hawks to respond very well at home. The last of their homestand against the Chicago Bulls, who've made some moves, and they're trying to put themselves in playing situation with Zach Levine and the obviously newly acquired Vucevic there. They moved on from Window Carter. They still got Loy Marketing. So that team is playing well, and they're going to be tough. They're a tough team. And how we dumped them on opening night to start the year off, I'm sure the Bulls are going to come down with something to prove here in Atlanta. So we're going to have to be ready. We're going to have some rest. But I'm excited to see how this Hawks team will respond, who we get back for that game. Will Capella be available? Will Gallo be available? John Collins, there's rumors that Chris Dunn could be available by the end of the week. DeAndre Hunter, let's see who we have available and let's continue to build build upon this thing Even though we had a a low point tonight, let's see what we can do going forward. So I'm going to talk about the landscape of the East after this plug for Bruce Letter. Okay, quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement, and it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruce Letter is back. Oh, yes, back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, The Goat, is writing an email newsletter filled with its most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in an email newsletter. And you can sign up to get it for free. I said it for for, for, for free. Just go to bitly.com slash Bruise Letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash Bruise Letter 2021. And you get it straight from the GOAT and Brewski into your inbox and enjoy the nuggets to help you succeed in your fantasy basketball league. All right, and we are back. As I said before, I'm going to talk about the landscape of the Eastern Conference right now. And as I said earlier in the program, the Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers, and the Milwaukee Bucks, they're in the penthouse right now as far as the standings. They are 1-2-3, respectively. The Hawks are looking good right now, currently 5th in the East after tonight's loss in And this is a hypothetical question for the fans, and I already know what the answer is going to be. The Hawks right now currently have a better record than the reigning Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, Indiana Pacers, Toronto Raptors, and I'm only mentioning this last team because they were a playoff team last year, and they definitely will not be this year, but the Orlando Magic. Going into the season, hypothetically, if I told you that at this point in the season, the Hawks would be the fifth seed in the East with better records than Miami, Boston, Indiana, Toronto, and Orlando. You would have thought I'm crazy. You thought I would be smoking something in this booth and coming on here recording, just saying whatever the hell is coming to mind. You would think I'm out here just on rants like Brandon Marshall and just standing on a platform that is completely wrong. By the way, that clip is hilarious. If you see it on the internet, please watch that clip with Ocho Cinco, Brandon Marshall talking about guaranteed contracts in the NBA. It's clear that Brandon Marshall did not know what he was talking about, but boy, did he stand firm in his point. I applaud that. That's a man's move even though it was a wrong move, man's move, but you would think I I was crazy if I said that, but the Hawks have put themselves in a position to be in the playoffs and not have to deal with the play in tournament. That's what they're playing for now. Yeah. If they get to the play in tournament as still better than what they were last year, that is an accomplishment in itself. But if you're where you are now at fifth in the East, you don't want to regress to seven, eight, nine, ten. You don't want to regress. You want to maintain. And that is what the Hawks, even though I said don't focus on the standing, if they focus on what they need to do night in, night out, the rest will take care of itself. They will remain where they are, may move up, may move down. Obviously, there's going to be ebbs and flows of the season, but. You focus on the task at hand. The rest will work itself out. Because between the teams, between Boston, Miami, Indiana, Toronto, I can see Miami making a run. Boston, I'm not sure about Indiana with a new coach. And there's just a lot going on with the Toronto Raptors. Not even in Toronto right now, being in Tampa. So, I think realistically between those four teams, Miami and Boston could make a run. And if... I'm a betting man, which I'm not. I would put money on one of those two teams pushing forward up the standings. So the Hawks have to continue to do their thing. And it's just crazy when you look at the standings right now that Toronto, Indiana, not in the playoffs right now. Boston, Miami are behind the Hawks, and then you have the Charlotte Hornets, who they did lose rookie, in my opinion, the rookie of the year. Uh, he won't win it, and I think it will go to Anthony Edwards or Tyrese Halliburton, in my opinion. But with Lamelo going down, the Hornets still have a pretty good roster. They're still winning games. They're going to be a tough out. We'll see them pretty soon. We'll have a chance for revenge against them. But between the Knicks and the Hornets, I see the Knicks Standing firm with a playoff spot right now. And I can see the Hornets regressing. So that could open up the door for Miami, for Boston to inch their way up. I don't see the Hornets keeping pace in the East personally. I think the Knicks are for real in the sense of their defense. But when the playoffs happen or play-in tournaments happen and it's going to have to come down to, yeah, can you get stops? They can. But outside of Julius Randle, who was your consistent scoring threat? I think the Knicks will, will struggle in that regard. And that's where the teams like Boston, that's where teams like Miami, who have more of a identity, obviously with the Knicks having a first, not a, a tenured coach, but first year with Thibodeau there, Randle's been playing out of his mind. But a lot of young players on that team, that's where your identity is. Comes to fruition and Miami and Boston, I think, will rise to the top. I think the Hornets and Knicks slide to the bottom. I think, with the tenured coach that we have in Nate McMillan here in Atlanta, you have Trey Young, you have John Collins, you have Bogey, you have scoring off the bench with Lou Will Gallo, you have DeAndre Hunter. Like, our depth is going to help keep us afloat, even if we're not full of strength. That's what we're seeing right now. And like I said before, that's where our where our moves in the offseason really pay off. But it's going to be interesting going forward. The Hawks have to just continue to take care of business. And it starts on Friday. As I said, the next several games after tonight, they end their homestand here in Atlanta on Friday versus the Chicago Bulls. After that, the Hawks will travel to Charlotte to take on the aforementioned Hornets on Sunday, April 11th. The Hornets have beat us twice already this year, so I know the Hawks will be itching to get revenge on the Hornets. It's going to be a fun one. I can't wait for that one on Sunday. After that, they will travel down to Tampa to take on the Toronto Raptors on Tuesday, April 13th. Toronto is going to be itching to get us, as we have beat them multiple times already this year. We're going to have to be ready that game because you never know what you're going to get from the Toronto Raptors. Two days after that, Hawks come back home, play another nationally televised game. Hawks are currently one and one in nationally televised games this year. But in both games, they have certainly rise to the occasion, especially John Collins. And our nationally televised matchup puts us on TNT. Versus the Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday, April 15th. The Bucks, they speak for themselves as a team. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. And then after we play the Bucks on Thursday, April 15th, Hawks will have a few days off. And Nate McMillan will face his former employer, the Indiana Pacers, for the first time as the interim head coach of the Atlanta Hawks on Sunday april 18th and that's going to be an exciting matchup i definitely think that the obviously the pacers wanted to go a different direction but i think that the pacers are definitely regretting letting nate mcmillan go we are happy that he did because we obviously had him here brought him here as an assistant and now he is our interim head coach so like I said, my thoughts going forward these next several games, I think that we take care of business versus Charlotte. It'll be a tough game, but I think we win that one. I, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be a toss-up versus Toronto because you never know what you're going to get from them, whoever's available. You, I mean, you still got Lowry, you still got Van Fleet, Siakam. Those three alone can make an impact in a game, especially offensively. And those three players are, we're going to have to be ready for it. So you never know what you're going to get from the Toronto Raptors. I think that Bucks game on TNT at home will be the Hawks' best performance. I don't think it will be a Golden State performance like they did on ESPN where they just thumped them over there in San Fran. But I think it will be a Dallas Mavericks performance on ESPN where the Hawks, we're in a tight game. They played really well, and it came down to a couple possessions. I think that game is going to come down to a couple possessions. Hawks had a really good showing against the Bucks in January when they played them on NBA TV, and that was without a few of their players, i.e. Trey Young was not available that game, and I don't know if Clint Capella was or not. He might have been. I can't remember, but that game... Even though we lost by double digits, the Hawks made it interesting with less. And now they have more. The Hawks are healthier than last time they played the Bucks. I think, especially with them having several days off after that matchup before they play Indiana, I think they go all out on national TV put on a show, show teams, especially in the East, and show people and NBA fans nationwide that this Hawks team is for real. And people need to start paying attention to this team as they get healthier and healthier. So I think we're going to have a really good performance against the Bucks on national television next Thursday. And then they'll have some days off. They'll get to rest up, get healthy, practice, watch film, and they, to go, they get to go out and get revenge on the Pacers who Last time they came to Atlanta in February, they embarrassed us at home when Lloyd Pierce was the head coach. So I'm really excited for the games that are coming ahead. Obviously, it was great to see how we fared off against the teams out west. But now we get to play teams in the Eastern Conference, in our own backyard. We have to take care of business game to game. And it starts on Friday versus Chicago. And I'm excited for that matchup and the matchups to come ahead and excited to see. What this Hawks team is going to do, they're going to get healthier, build continuity, and if we take care of business, we can be comfortably in the playoffs, but if we falter in any way, if any more, knock on wood, injuries occur, any turmoil in the locker room, anything that is going to disrupt the chemistry that we are slowly building, we could potentially regress because, as I said, I put money on Boston and Miami to make runs at some point. The Knicks are a solid team. The Hornets still winning games, even with the mellow ball out. And obviously, the Raptors still have that championship pedigree. Hawks continue to take care of business. And let's see where we are the next after the next five games. We're going to just take it. The next five games, five games at a time leading up to the end of the season. So I'm excited to see where this team is going to go. I'm excited to see where this program is going to go as we continue to follow this team. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Man, just tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. That's no cap. Numbers do not lie. Share it with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett 67. That is Brad J-A-R-R E-T-T 67. And as always, yers!